Hello, friends, and thanks for tuning in to this personal and special episode of the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast. Today, I'm talking about my pet rabbit, Jimmy Hoppa, who passed away about a month ago. Today would have been his ninth birthday, <laughs> you know, the 9th of May 2019, which is real fun. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure all of you are either animal lovers or are cool with animal lovers. So I'm not really embarrassed to say that. Um, I'm pretty sad. <laughs> it sounds so silly to say it like that. It sounds so simple, but um, I am. I'm just, I'm really sad. I'm really bummed out. And I've found that being really, really sad about it has been pretty distracting. So, you know, to help, I've been trying to think of the stuff that I actually have to do as a distraction from being sad so that I can actually get back to work. <laughs> just got to trick myself a little bit. I'm sure you guys can relate. Um, and so when I actually decided to do this episode a couple weeks back, I was in full on distraction mode. And I really thought that I was going to come on here and put out an episode about rabbit magic and spells with like just kind of about Jimmy, you know, maybe I'd say a little something at the end. But uh, I realized that that's not really what I needed. <laughs> that's not really what I need. Um, that stuff's really great. It's all great. But that was me just trying to distract myself while also still talking about what's bothering me. It's just, it's a coping mechanism, right? We all got that shit. Every time we want to talk about something unpleasant, our brains will find find ways to make it easier. Um, but one of my first episodes of Seeker's Corner, the live show I do on Facebook, is titled Rabbit Magic. And I do talk about things like uh, correspondences with bunnies and legends and how to work with magic with rabbits or hares or as symbols or totems. Um, and, you know, Jimmy features in the episode. I actually hold him, which is really cute. And so I decided to watch that to get my notes together for this episode after I made the event and, and all that stuff. Because I, I make the Facebook event so that it'll force me to finish up the episode. It's outrageous. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm organized, but only in a way that I could follow. It's really brutal. But anyways, uh, I decided to watch the episode, you know, to reminisce and have a little fun, see Jimmy and put my notes together. <laughs> and watching this episode and like I was laughing so hard because he bites me I, like the second I finished saying that rabbits contribute a really chill and like happy energy to the home he just bites the like super soft meat in the upper arm right by your armpit kills man it hurt so bad and I had a purple bruise for a little while <laughs> but I was like I was just cracking up because that is so Jimmy what a Jimmy thing to do right was to bite me right after I say something nice <laughs> and then he proceeded to stare me down and give me the evil eye while I was doing the whole rest of the episode um and it kind of just made me realize how hard I was working to talk about Jimmy and rabbits but not talk about Jimmy and how I felt kind of lame but whatever um you know I was trying to channel my feelings into something useful but that's just feelings are already useful they're useful as they need to be you know feelings are a thing already I don't really need to channel them into work to make them valid or to make them worth paying attention to uh feeling stuff's really important it's really important for me to feel stuff I, I gotta get it out I can't bottle it up um and then honoring those feelings is really important. Honoring your right to feel that stuff and why you feel that stuff. And for me, sharing a lot of those feelings has become a really, really important tool for me to, to heal or to feel better, or to just, you know, feel connected to people. Um, 
and this is going to sound really weird, but I, <laughs> I can be pretty quiet in person and I often really struggle to talk about my feelings out loud. Um, <laughs> it sounds weird because I like talk for a living and I talk about myself a lot. I talk about personal things and I really do share very genuine feelings on this podcast. And it's because being very vulnerable like that in person is very hard. But you know, right here with the microphone, you're not looking me in the eyeballs. And you know, I don't have to wonder if you're going to be shocked or horrified. Because if you're shocked or horrified, I might never even have to know, you know what I mean? (laughs) But at the same time, those of you who do really, you know, always let me that you do, or always let me know that you do that you understand and uh, that you are listening. So talking about myself on the podcast is is a lot easier. And through the podcast is is very easy. Um, I just, uh, I realized that that's, I got to stop trying to get rid of that from the podcast, right? I, I spend a lot of time sometimes thinking like, oh, this is too personal. It's not going to appeal to everybody. You know, they want to hear something they can all actually use. But, you know, I constantly get messages and you guys tell me things like you appreciate when I'm honest and you appreciate that I share personal things and that I share, you know, how emotionally vulnerable I really can be because I'm a very soft, gooey kind of person, right? I just put up this kind of tough front in person, but I'm a really soft, gooey person. So through the show and through all you guys, I've realized, uh, you know, that being able to be vulnerable is a kind of strength. And actually, it's really cool. Uh, Yesterday, the day before, um, someone I follow online, it's Gabriella Herstick. She wrote uh, Inner Witch or The Craft depending on when you buy the book. (laughs) Um, She just tweeted out that vulnerability is erotic. And someone else was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's really hard to be vulnerable. It's, it's very strong to be vulnerable around other people. And that's a very intense emotion. And uh, it goes along so well with, you know, the things that I'd been thinking and thinking about this episode. So I decided instead of just, you know, putting on the podcast voice and listing a bunch of herbs that are associated with rabbits or like talking about magicians and pulling rabbits out of their hats, um, you know, I just decided that that's not, I don't, I don't really need to do that right now. I don't really need to do that again. It's all in the Secrets Corner episode and it is fun. It's silly. You know, Jimmy's there. So I, I make a lot of jokes about him the whole time. And it was kind of a long time ago. So I look really different and I wasn't super good on camera. So it's very entertaining. <laughs> um, so I'm just, uh, instead of just talking about rabbits, I'm going to talk about Jimmy. I'm going to talk about him specifically. And I'm going to talk about what he meant to me. Um, and the energy that he brought into my life and my home. And oh my God, I'm already getting teary. This is ridiculous. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and I had a, an oddly beautiful experience, uh, being able to say goodbye, you know, having a pet just die of old age is really wild. Like, <laughs> it doesn't always happen. Uh, so many of us end up, you know, being compassionate and taking our pets to the vets <laughs> when it's getting to be that time. But it happened kind of suddenly. And I, that wasn't the way it happened. It happened at home. And it was actually just a really sad but beautiful experience. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And, um, about some of the magical ways that I, you know, said goodbye and have been healing and stuff ever since. Um, 
I write a script for most of my episodes, all the ones that I've put out in the last at least two years. I, I write it out in advance and, you know, I read it along, but when I write it out, I'm talking it. So it's like, you know, I'm typing out what I say and then I re-say it all. It's, anyways, it's a script. I don't have a script this time. I just have, um, I've been journaling a lot. Like a lot. It's really great because I always wanted to be into journaling, but I just couldn't make myself do it. And now I'm finding it really, really helpful. So I've been journaling a lot. So I just, I hand wrote all of this stuff out in my, in my journal for this episode instead of, you know, typing it, being super professional. I went kind of low key this time. So it'll be a little bit shorter, maybe. And you may get some more of those weepy moments. And then I might make jokes that might sound inappropriate or kind of crass because I'm nervous. <laughs> and I'm really sad. And I, I try to make myself laugh. And it, it, sometimes it comes out really lame. <laughs> really lame. Um, I'm not doing ads or anything either. No. I'm not going to plug my stuff at you, except for that Secrets Corner episode featuring Jimmy, his debut. <laughs> um, so I hope you all still like it. So if you came here for, you know, practical uses of rabbit magic, you might want to go over to my Facebook page or to my YouTube to find that Secrets Corner episode. Um, otherwise, if you're willing to sit here and listen to me tell you about my bunny and uh, and what it was like to live with him, and what kind of effect he had on me and on my magical practice. That's what I'm doing today. So I got Jimmy. His name wasn't Jimmy yet, but I got him <laughs> uh, in the February of 2012. I just moved home back to Ontario from living in Vancouver. It was a very awful experience, very awful. And when I came home, I had no idea what I was doing or where my life was going or what my plan was or how I was even going to cope with the experience of Vancouver itself. Um, and I got Jimmy like within the month after I got home. Um, but he was actually born on May 9th in 2010. His original name was Yeti, <laughs> like the snowman, um, because he was... He was pretty much all white. He had a little bit of gray on his nose and his ears and his tail. Um, but he was mostly white. And he was one of the bigger babies, I guess, in, in the litter of, of baby rabbits. Um, and I know all of this because in my second semester of college, um, which was like a year or a year and a half later, a classmate saw a picture. I was showing him off. And she realized that her family had been Jimmy's original owner. So they had his parents and those Rabbits ended up mating because they, they weren't given correct information about their, um, the sex of each rabbit. So they ended up with a whole mess of rabbits. And that's just how rabbits work. It's not, it's not just a joke. They breed all the time and they can breed quickly after having litters. So it's, they have lots of babies. Um, and so all of a sudden there's lots of rabbits and they couldn't all get really personal attention, like physical handling. And Yeti, I guess, was very quick. And I can attest to this because he was quick later in life too. Trust me, even, even near the end, he was fast. It was outrageous. <laughs> um, so he didn't get a lot of handling and uh, he wasn't really into being picked up before he went to his new home with a teenage boy whose mother I had known for years because we had worked at Tim Hortons together. I hadn't actually even seen her since before I had been to Vancouver. So it was quite a while 
that I saw her and we were just hanging out, you know, catching up. And uh, she knew I loved animals. Cause she had cats and dogs and I was always, you know, chasing them around and petting them and stuff. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm not shy about how much I love animals. I've been an animal person forever. As a small, small child, I loved going to the vet. We, I still have the same family vet. Like the vet I saw with Jimmy is the daughter of my vet from when I was a kid. And it's like, <laughs> it's so cute. Um, but I love going to the vet because I would go in the back and he, he'd let me help with the animals. I've always loved animals. And I'm pretty fortunate that a lot of animals like me, usually they're animals that kind of have some behavioral problems or have been abused or abandoned or something. It's, I have a really funny story about a horse that maybe I'll tell all you guys later. But <laughs> but I loved animals uh, forever. So she's like, oh, yeah, my, my son, he's got like five rabbits upstairs. They're all really cute. Do you want to come check them out? Of course I want to come check out your rabbits, Karen. Let's go. Why aren't we already up there? <laughs> like I'd been at her house for a whole hour. What's going on? Where's these rabbits? So we get up there and there's all these really, really cute rabbits. I couldn't describe a single one of them to you now because the second that I saw... Jimmy, this adorable, grumpy ass, <laughs> bright white fluff ball with floppy ears. Um, like I squealed out loud. I was totally in love. Uh, floppy eared bunnies are just, they're, they're my shit, you guys. They're, <laughs> they're the cutest, just the cutest animal in the world. And all the other bunnies that sticking up ears, right? Very, very normal. I had to go with the crazy bunny. Um, and of course, uh, my friend is a crafty bitch. I ended up with a pet another time because of her. But again, that's another story. Um, you know, and quickly told me that they were hoping to get rid of some of these bunnies. They needed to find new homes. And, you know, if I wanted to take one of them home, it was totally free. I could have the cage and whatever food and litter and stuff that they had for me. And like, son of a bitch, now I've got a rabbit. Like, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I remember turning it to her and I was like, oh, you did this on purpose. How could you? Of course I'm going to take a rabbit. It was awful. Uh, it, it's not really her fault, though. I've, I've been a lifelong bunny. Love her specifically. Love animals, but bunnies and I have a special connection. Like, I... I've tried to have pet bunnies before and we never really got along. The first ones I had were a little too wild. They'd been found outside and they were like wild bunnies. So keeping them wasn't really, um, they didn't like it. They weren't happy. So, you know, we found a place that it was a farm. <laughs> we found a place and it was an actual farm, um, but they had a lot of land and there was lots of wild rabbits. So, you know, it just had them join the little rabbit community, or at least I hope that's what happened because this could, I'm realizing now, this happens in mo movies and shows all the time. A, you know, a kid grows up and describes how their pet like went to live on a farm. Now I'm like freaking out a little bit. Anyways, so I had these wild rabbits and it didn't work out. And, uh, you know, years later, we tried to get another rabbit. It was a boy rabbit. And he just, he was super territorial and he went to the bathroom all over the place. And he didn't like any of us really, except for my mom. It was just not a good fit. And so I'd, I'd stopped trying to have pet rabbits. Um... And instead, just, you know, enjoyed rabbits in their natural habitat. Um, but I'd always, I'd always love bunnies. Uh, as a kid, I read the, you know, the book, copy, storybook, copy of the Velveteen Rabbit so many times that before I was even 10 years old, my mother had to replace the book twice. Because I, like, it was, 
opening and closing and sleeping with it and dragging it everywhere like it was falling apart. Those pages missing. It was so brutal. Um, and ditto to any sort of VHS copy of any sort of movie made about the Velveteen Rabbit. All of those little, you know, cartoon versions. Um, if I was sick at home or if I was really, really sad, because my depression started at a pretty young age, the more I think about it. Days when I was super sad, I would marathon watch The Velveteen Rabbit. It's incredibly sad of a movie. It's, it's such a stupid thing to do. But they say that listening to sad music when you're sad actually helps because it validates your feelings. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's what I was doing as a child. I was just ahead of my time. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks to that Velveteen Rabbit, <laughs> this horrible problem that plagued me as a child where... There's this still, even now, there's this part of my brain that I cannot turn off that fully thinks, yeah, it's possible that my stuffed animals <laughs> are actually like sentient beings with feelings. <laughs> it's not, but like, come on. And um, I just, I really always felt like there was a possibility that my stuffed animals could feel abandoned or like I didn't love them. Like I would never get rid of a stuffed animal. I wouldn't put them in the closet. You know, I, I always made sure that they knew I loved them. It was really, it was really cute looking back, but also weird. Definitely set me up for the future that I had. Um, and if in the middle of the night, if I kicked any stuffed animals out of my bed in my sleep, especially if they were a rabbit in the morning, I was like, just beside myself, just tearfully apologizing <laughs> to this stuffed animal. And I felt guilty all day. And I remember it. It's so brutal. And it's so silly to say out loud. I'm just <laughs> obviously a really sensitive person. But I loved my bunnies. And I, I loved that. Um, I don't know. There was a lot of heart and soul in that movie, in that story, the book, everything. Um, it just... it. I really related to the story a lot, to the bunny specifically, of course. Um, and actually, years earlier, when I was really small, I learned to read on a book about rabbits called Leo the Lop. It was about one bunny. His name was Leo. And he was the only bunny in his whole little burrow, you know, with hanging down ears. And everybody else had the sticking up floppy ears. And, you know, the whole story was about how he's bullied for being different. And in the end, he realizes that he's awesome and that being a little bit different is cool. <laughs> Classic kid story, right? Um, and that was another book that my parents had to replace. And then I eventually actually bought myself another copy after I destroyed it a second time, <laughs> even as a teen. Um, <laughs> so that was another one that I wore out. Um I just, like I said, I really related to the rabbits because I was a very weird kid. I was always a little bit weird and witchy, right? <laughs> Obviously. Um, and my home was, was kind of difficult. It wasn't always very happy. And I specifically, you know, I really related to that feeling of being abandoned or broken and tossed aside or, you know, ignored. So the rabbits in the stories were super, super relatable to me. And that just kind of translated into rabbits in general. I felt, you know, a connection with rabbits. Uh, rabbits are really soft. <laughs> you know, they're really sensitive. Even physically, their their skin is really soft. Their fur is really soft. But they're very sensitive. They're, they're a prey animal because they're incredibly easy to kill. And that sounds gross. I'm sorry if that bumps you out. But it's it's unfortunately the truth. You know, their skin is soft. Their bones are 
tiny and weird. <laughs> They're a weird shape, right? If you ever look at like the shape of a rabbit inside there, it's bizarre. It's like a frog covered in fur. But you know, they're breakable and they're soft and they're sensitive and they're scared. But that's, that's what makes rabbits, rabbits. That's what makes them bunnies. You know, that's what, that's what we all love about bunnies is that they are soft and they are sweet and they're kind of skittish and scared, but they're very curious and lovable. You know, that's, that's the bunny vibe. I, I still really feel that. I see bunnies as this symbol of softness, you know, not just physically soft but oh my god the fur <gasps> Jimmy was so soft every time I pet him it was like I didn't want to oh, I wish I could transfer that feeling to my whole body without having to wear fur because <laughs> he was so soft and lovely um but also you know inner softness and that was a positive thing because that's that's what we like about bunnies we like that bunnies are soft and sensitive and sweet so that day there was no way I was going home without a rabbit and <laughs> she tricked me, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, and later that night, he, I watched him. He was sitting in his cage and I was just watching him and he cleaned his face and his ears for the first time. And I literally cried, like literal tears <laughs> came out because it was so cute. And I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited. He, of course, turned out to be pretty difficult. Um, but what I've learned is that bunnies are, if you're used to having cats and dogs, a rabbit is a very different kind of friend. And there is a very different process for learning to live with um, with a bunny friend. Uh, you, you know, he was, just, he was so cute and he was really chill. I loved watching him you know, just hop in his cage and stuff like that. He lived in the cage for the first year and a year and a half or so. After that, I let him run, run free and he's been a free roam bunny ever since. It's the best decision I ever made. He was so cute. Follow me around and, you know, he would sit under my desk by my feet while I was working or doing homework and, you know, because I was in college. And, uh, you know, he made himself a little a little spot to sleep right next to my bed, right next to where my pillows are so that, you know, we were always sleeping together, even though he didn't want to come up on the bed on the furniture. So he was great. And his name was Yeti, like I said, and that was pretty cute. But I was really into the celebrity pun names at the time. <laughs> and I had a cat at the time named Neil Catrick Harris, who the same friend uh, tricked me into adopting. <laughs> he was wonderful, too. Turns out she really knew the kind of animals that I would like. That's a good friend. Um, so so the rabbit, right? He needed something great that kind of matched. And Jimmy Hoffa is who he's named after. Not an amazing dude or anything like that. But, but Jimmy Hoffa is, is a local legend, right? Everyone near or in Detroit has a theory about where Hoffa's buried or even if he's buried. You know, it's this... It's this local mystery it's this local mystery legend um and it, it's so fit because <laughs> jimmy hoffa had kind of an unlikable personality he you know it, you could argue that he wasn't even a bad dude or that he was a bad dude whatever but his personality in general was kind of unlikable and a lot of that is because he didn't shut up he kept talking and uh you know he, he liked to fight <laughs> he liked to get into arguments um and of course his, his famous disappearing act. So it was perfect for an animal who was kind of surly and who grunted every time you touched him or got a little too close and could somehow completely disappear. 
in my small apartment, <laughs> even though he was bright ass white and nothing else is, I could look around here for two hours and not find him. And then he'd just slowly come hopping out of nowhere. <laughs> Bunnies are so stealthy. So he became Jimmy Hoppa. Never regretted it. It makes people laugh. It still makes me laugh every time. So he didn't really like cuddling and he didn't really like being touched. He didn't want to come up on the furniture or sit with you or whatever. And a lot of people had a lot of opinions about Jimmy. <laughs> and even I, I listened a little bit to some of them. You know, people would say things like, I can't believe, you know, you're willing to have a pet that won't snuggle with you, that won't let you snuggle. You know, what's the point of having a pet if, if you can't snuggle it? And I mean, it was painful to have this adorable little animal that you know is like the softest thing in the whole world that you can't just like pick up and cuddle. It sucks. But when people would say that, I was like, wait a minute, that's messed up. <laughs> what a weird thing to say, because I don't think I would say that the only reason I like to live with animals is because, you know, they they cuddle with me in a way that I like. Like, that's not really what the whole relationship is about, right? I I make a genuine connection with, with animals. And so it made me think a lot more about what animals bring to my life. And, and not just the animals I bring home, but animals in general all around me. Um, I've, you know what, I've never been a bird person. And since I got Jimmy in, in the last few years, I can tell you every single kind of bird that stops by my house. And there are so many. Uh, I have certain blue jays that follow me around and leave me feathers. I have a hawk that follows, like a hawk. <laughs> I live downtown. And every summer I see a hawk who looks kind of the same. And last year this hawk dropped a feather right where I was walking. Nuts. So, you know, it's just, it's made me consider how I value animals just a little bit more. And like I said, I've always been an animal lover and I, I never thought, I never thought I, I had to think about that more, <laughs> but, um, but I had to be a little bit creative, right? And I, I had to try to read Jimmy's behavior because they were kind of right about one thing, which is that I didn't know if he liked me or not, or if he liked, you know, living here. Of course, animals can't speak English, uh, can't just tell me whether they like it or, or, you know, whatever, <laughs> You know, I don't really like this brand of pellets. That would be super helpful. But with a lot of other pets, you know, cats and dogs, if they snuggle up with you and they're comfortable and they want to pet you and be near you, or they want to be pet and be near you, you know, that's a sign that they like you. But Jimmy doesn't like that stuff. Does that mean he doesn't like me? And I couldn't accept that that, is, that must be what it means, you know. Um, so I just, I started paying a little bit more attention to the other stuff that Jimmy did. And I still vividly remember the moment that I realized that Jimmy really loved me and really liked, you know, our little life together. And I had had this rabbit for two years before I had this moment. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was very, very patient, but two years and we were at the park. I, I 
I didn't do it a lot, but sometimes I would put Timmy on a little harness and a leash and put him in his carrier and I'd take him to the, to the park down by the river and let him hop in the grass and eat dandelions and, you know, whatever, visit with people. People thought he was really cute because he was, and they, <laughs> they wanted to take his picture and that was fine. They couldn't touch him, but they could take his picture. So that was fine. Um, but we were just, you know, we were chilling in the grass and he was on a leash and he was as far away from me as the leash would let him go. Um. But someone was walking on a path nearby and they had a dog. And the dog was pretty chill. But then it saw Jimmy and it barked a couple times. And it, you know, tried to get a little bit closer to check him out. And, and Jimmy got real scared. His eyes got all wide. And his ears even, like, the muscles in his ears just, like, flinched. And his ears kind of went out for a second. Real funny. Um, and he he ran real fast right to me. Right to me. And he got a little behind me and he, he sat down right near my leg until he felt safe enough to move around again until the the dog was gone and I'm just like I, I was so excited I was so excited I was sitting there and I was like oh my god he got scared he was in danger you know and he had to run to safety and he came right to me didn't hesitate at all ran right to me and got behind me and knew that I would keep him safe you know Rabbits run home when they're scared, and he ran right to me. I was home, and I made him feel safe. And that was the best feeling. Like I, like I said, I, I totally remember it because it was just this instant moment like, okay, man, I get it. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not just spinning my wheels here. I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing good. You like your life, you whatever. So... It was really, it was just really interesting because it was so much more, I don't know, it was, it was a lot more memorable than some of the other experiences I've had where I realized my pet liked me, especially because it took so long, two years. Um, and, you know, if anyone can respect, you know, needing personal space and not like being touched, it's uh, no hugs, please. I like handshakes page. Like I, <laughs> I have a really great handshake that I perfected on purpose so I didn't have to hug people anymore. <laughs> I really hate hugging like old guys in suits. It, or like I'm Italian, so a lot of Italian old men want to hug and they think that my desire to shake hands is like a cute novelty and I get away with it. So I don't like being touched. That's cool. <laughs> I can respect this, Jimmy. And now I can see that there's other ways that I can, you know, find out what you're thinking or feeling about me that work for you. Uh, and that aren't just about me and my needs. And I like that. And yet again, I was in this position where I felt uniquely able to relate to a rabbit and the way that it expresses itself, especially with a difficult emotion like fear. And uh, I feel like, I feel like this isn't the last time that's going to happen. <laughs> I still super love bunnies. <laughs> and I would love to have another bunny someday eventually. Anyway, <laughs> um, this makes Jimmy sound kind of boring. <laughs> but he was so fun. Honestly, you know, even I didn't realize how much time I spent just focused on Jimmy. <laughs> like some TV shows that I thought were 20 minutes are actually 40 minutes. And it turns out I just spent a lot of time paying attention to Jimmy <laughs> instead of the TV show. Um, 
he liked to play with a beach ball. I got those big beach balls that have things inside. So the last one had a seahorse that, you know, flops around inside when he pushes it around with his nose. And he would actually, you know, we'd roll it along the floor and he'd go get it and bring it back. He'd play fetch with this giant beach ball and just push it with his nose. I'll definitely, I have a lot of pictures up, I'm sure, but I'll, I'm sure I'll collect some for, <laughs> for when you read this on the blog, the description here. He was such a cutie pie. Um, we played fetch and, uh, I loved sharing snacks with Jimmy. Um, he, he loved to eat food that was unhealthy for him, like cereal or caramel or graham crackers. Those aren't good for bunnies and they shouldn't eat them. And bunnies are supposed to be vegan and caramel's not vegan. But, you know, he, he could eat all the, the veggies and the greens and stuff that I could get him. And so we started sharing snacks. I love bananas and I started having a banana every morning and Jimmy just like, you know, he's not leaving that banana alone. So every morning we share a banana. And in the afternoon, you know, I'll grab one of those nice big carrots and I'll munch on it. And every now and then I'll just hold it down and he would come and he would munch on some of the carrot or I'd give him all the, the leafy tops and I'd eat the carrot. My friend has a garden and she started bringing him, you know, carrots and carrot tops. And it was just, I actually started buying and eating more veggies and like fresh herbs instead of dried ones, just because I knew I could give them to Jimmy as treats and that, you know, we could share them. Um, I, I, I went from being someone who never ate their vegetables. Like I, it was such a chore to get me to eat vegetables. Um, even as a older teen and young adult. Um, and now I eat so many vegetables. Some of my meals are strictly vegetables, but they have to be raw. I remember when I, when I told my mom this and I was like, you know, I, I think this is Jimmy's influence, you know, <laughs> he's turning me into a, you know, he's making me eat rabbit food. Um, she laughed when I told her because she told me that when I was a small baby, uh, she had a, like a small little veggie garden in the back, just a few rows. Uh, and she'd go out there to pull weeds and I'd be in my little, you know, my diaper or whatever. Must've been the summer after I was born. And she would just kind of plunk me down to, to pull some weeds and spend some time in the sun. And I'd start grabbing veggies like the green beans. She also had spinach and cucumbers, she said. And I would just start, you know, trying to eat them and put them in my mouth and, you know, sucking on them, dirt and everything. <laughs> like, I didn't care that they weren't clean. And she, she was like, you were worse for the garden than the rabbits. You ate so much more. Uh, and apparently I just like, I would just sit out there and just <laughs> and munch on veggies while she was, you know, working in the garden. But as a kid, I became a veggie hater. I hated vegetables so much. And my parents were so frustrated with it. And it caused actually a lot of like, like traumatic moments for me. We fought a lot about food, which is hard when you're fat. We fought a lot about food and a lot of it had to, had to do with vegetables. And, uh, you know, she never thought to just leave all the veggies raw and maybe leave a little dirt on them, you know, <laughs> you know, make them my style. Um, and now, not only do I eat a lot more veggies in general, but I eat a lot less like meat. And I'm much better at grabbing like veggies for snacks. I love, man, I could just sit there with carrots and just eat those <laughs> and just eat those raw. When my family is making cooked carrots, they'll leave a couple uncooked so I can still have like carrot with my meal. I just I can't cook it. It ruins it for me. I like that crispy, fresh, you know, kind of 
cool vibe you get from fresh veggies, just like a bunny. So thank you, Jimmy. I'm definitely a little bit more mindful about, you know, the veggies and leaves and stuff I get. You know, I, I'm not just making salads with romaine. You know, I'll grab the kale and the spinach and stuff. Let's try it out. If Jimmy likes it, maybe I'll like it. So I actually eat a lot more like a rabbit now. Um, <laughs> shortly after getting Jimmy, you know, within a year or two, I was in college and I got reinterested in witchcraft. And once I was, I was a little bit more tuned in to, to energy and stuff like that, um, I could really see the effects of Jimmy and his energy everywhere in the house all the time. And it really, really made me smile. You know, he just, he brought this happy, you know, jumpy kind of energy. He was always jumping around or hopping around. He ran real fast through the rooms and he kicked up a lot of energy when he ran. He liked to push that beach ball into tiny little spots where that beach ball didn't have to go. <laughs> you know, he, he ate so many of my houseplants, but it was so cute because he's just like crawling up in a greenhouse to eat my houseplants, <laughs> eat my basil, just decimate my mugwort. <laughs> and even dried, crusty, dead jasmine leaves, he went nuts for. And those are some of the, the herbs that I use for magic. And they have crystals in the dirt. And those are the plants that he loved, loved. Um, it always made me laugh. And, you know, he shed like a bitch. Rabbits shed like crazy. So twice a year they have shedding season. And they shed out like an entire other rabbit's worth of fur. And it's just everywhere, everywhere like rabbit tumbleweeds blown through the house. And it was awful. But, you know, the springtime one was always like, oh my God, yeah, he's getting fur so that he can hang out outside. We can play in the grass. <laughs> I can take him outside to eat some dandelions. It's going to be the bomb. So it would get me in a good mood, even though I'm cleaning all the time. But it also got me into cleaning all the time <laughs> in the spring, especially, which is when you need it. So thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> um, and uh, rabbits are very susceptible to the moon. Rabbits are a magical moon animal, right? And during the full moon, this rabbit was just a little extra playful and all night long. He would sleep all day. Rabbits are crepuscular, right? So morning and, and twilight and nighttime is when they're up anyways. But this rabbit, middle of the night, during the full moon, those are the days I'd wake up to hear you know, his little thuds from hopping, pushing this beach ball around with his face. It's kind of sliding a little bit. <laughs> And it just, it was just so funny. And I would always get up and just, you know, roll it out the room and he'd go run and have a great time and bring it on back. Otherwise, he was good at, you know, staying in the rest of the house. But during that full moon, he was up at night and he wanted to play, really wanted to play. So, you know, thanks to Jimmy, I got into the habit of noticing that kind of stuff more, noticing the season change when they're coming, even before even before I would pick it up through my normal, you know, the normal cues or triggers that I associate with the seasonal change. Um, I had a different one now. I had Jimmy and I paid more attention to the moon. And then I started kind of consciously tracking it to see if I was, you know, making it up. Was he, <laughs> was he really different during the full moon? And yes, he really, really was. I made notes. So uh, that would, that's really, that's something that's still a big part of my practice. And I don't know. I probably would have still gotten into it without Jimmy, but 
I like that he was a real catalyst for that because that's that's a big part of a lot of my my spells and rituals and stuff. I love time, right? Paying attention to it. Magic time was really, really cool. Um, if I was sitting at, you know, my altar and I was doing magic stuff, he was always nearby. He wanted to see what I was doing. He wanted to sit near me, sit under the desk, sit under the chair, be near my feet. Um, especially if I was, I was in kind of a, you know, I was really in the zone. Um, he would either hop around me or he would stay between the door to the room and me. And he thought there was someone out there or if there was someone out there, bunnies could probably see ghosts. He would thump his feet and <laughs> I would hear it and know that he's, you know, he's protecting. <laughs> he's protecting. And it was like, it was this this extra little layer to the, the making sacred space, right? It always made me feel like, oh, good. Jimmy's here now and he's, He's throwing his energy into the mix. And I <laughs> I always really liked it. I liked that he was very um, interested and curious about the magical things I did. I, I loved that the plants that he tried to eat the most were the ones that I use for magic. And, you know, for which I, I add crystals or moon water or something. Like, he was clearly sensing some of that, that magical energy, which is... So, so cool. He ate my mugwort plant like three times he's eaten it. And it's become like a seasonal thing. You know, at the end of the season, he cuts the mugwort back and then it grows back throughout the spring and summer. And it's going to be really weird to have like, you know, a really big mugwort next year, I guess. <laughs> Not going to be starting from the beginning. But uh, yeah, I loved his, his kind of sweet, soft and kind of kooky energy in the magical space. I loved it. It was really, um, it was comforting, but it, it, made, it made me laugh. He made me laugh all the time. Like he just, he just made me laugh and he made me really happy. Just watching him hop around, just being around him. It's a very, it's a very funny, silly, soft, happy vibe, you know, even when he was biting me or acting like a jerk. <laughs> uh, Oh, and he always, he would beg like a dog out of the table and wait for me to drop some magical herbs. And I always would. <laughs> Even if I wasn't using basil, I'd grab some or parsley or whatever and just, you know, throw it on the floor so that he, so that he can join in. Um, but my favorite thing about that bunny energy was that everybody could feel it. Everybody that came here could feel this fun, happy, silly energy coming off of Jimmy in waves. Uh, he loved parties and he loved when I had friends over. He didn't want anybody to touch him. But that bunny was, you know, he was all over the dance floor, weaving in between people. And he was sneaking around the snack table, waiting for people to drop some crackers that he shouldn't have been eating. And, you know, he, he went and visited everybody. If someone's sitting on a chair or a couch, he's coming over and, you know, sniffing their feet and seeing what's going on. And And people loved it. People loved him and they, they were like, oh my God, this is so neat. I've never, <laughs> I've never had a bunny pay this much attention. And, uh, you know, eventually whatever room Jimmy was in, all of the conversations would eventually become about Jimmy and how cute he is or what he was doing or how he was pushing this beach ball. <laughs> what a Gemini. He just, <laughs> he had to be in everyone's business in the party, but it was cool. I had been nervous. The first party I had with him here was a Halloween party. 
And I'd been kind of nervous, right? It's not just a party. It's, it's Halloween. It can get a little bit crazy and there's costumes and stuff. And he just, oh man, he would not stay away. He had to check everybody out and check out everyone's costume. And he was stealing little masks and stuff off the couch so he could look at it. People who weren't even animal people were like, this is so cute. It's so much fun. You'd never think that sitting around and watching a rabbit just hop around and do rabbit stuff would be incredibly entertaining, but let me tell you it is. <laughs> um, oh, even one time I was on a date, probably the last date I ever had before I stopped dating completely. And uh, we, we were sitting around and it had gotten quiet and we're just watching Jimmy jump around. We'd picked out a movie. We just hadn't put it on yet. And he was like, wow, you know what? I love watching this rabbit. <laughs> I was like, what? He was like, yeah, you know what would go really great with this rabbit's vibe right now? And I'm like, what? He's like smoking a joint. And I'm like, oh, do you want to put on the movie? And he's like, no, I'm I'm pretty cool with the rabbit. <laughs> we didn't even end up watching the movie. It wasn't even like a very super important date. I didn't, I didn't have crazy sex after our bunny date or anything like that. Um, but it was probably the last time I made out with anybody. So thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he just made you smile and made you feel warm and comfy. Uh, so Jimmy was old. He was about to turn nine. And for bunny, senior age is seven. So a couple years back, I was already starting to like, you know, chew my fingers hoping that <laughs> you know I was like I'm gonna be the person with the oldest bunny in existence hoping for the best um so he was old he was a senior but that really fun silly and chill energy I mean that was just rolling off of him straight up till the end people were still saying like oh my god he's still so cute and fun even though he looks old and frail <laughs> and I was like I know he was actually like, he was so playful and lively. I remember when the vet told me he was dying, I was I was shocked. I was like, what? No. He's got like a, a weird little like, you know, like an abscess or something on his fur. And she's like, no, we've found a few of those other places. And he's, he's kind of thin. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And, you know, he didn't like me holding him. So I didn't often. And I held him and I'm like, oh, oh. And you could really feel that he had lost a little bit of weight and he didn't fight me so hard. And that really was like, oh my God, he's not fighting. Um, I knew he was old. <laughs> I knew he had gotten a little tired, but, you know, he didn't seem scared or in pain or freaked out or sad or anything like that. You know, he was just, he wasn't different. He was just the same. But um, in those last few weeks after that, he slowed down a lot. <laughs> he got real tired and he couldn't really push the beach ball around anymore. So I got some balloons in his favorite color, which was yellow. <laughs> Animals have favorite colors. Don't laugh at me. That other cat I mentioned, his favorite color was purple. And this cat I got here, I'm pretty sure her favorite color is like, like an iridescent blue green. Yeah. She really likes our fish scale kind of color and she likes birds. I think it's like a iridescent type green. Anyways, so Jimmy loved yellow. So I got him a bunch of yellow balloons that he could push around because they were a lot lighter. Um, he let us touch him more and pet him more. He let me hold him on my lap, you know, with a big comfy blanket. And he let me pet him and he even, 
you know, cuddled up real close, especially at the vet. He came right up and, you know, he, he wanted me to hold on to him. But he was still happy and fun and funny and playful. And he still made weird sounds at us. Bunnies make a lot of grunting sounds <laughs> that are very odd. Um, you know, he was still sneaking treats and foods he shouldn't have eat, been eating. And he, he tried to eat the houseplants. And whenever he had a little extra energy, he would still follow me around. So I just, uh, you know, I made him extra comfortable and I spoiled him with treats. I spoiled him so hard. And I stayed home a lot. I, I stopped going out. I didn't work as much because I wanted to be in the room with him even. I, you know, I stayed right there with him. I was afraid to leave because it's just every day, you know, every day I could feel that we were getting a little bit closer. Um, so I started just, you know, adding in some spiritual things to make him more comfortable. I was putting crystals uh, in his food or his bed. I had a leopard skin Jasper in his food bowl to, um, you know, to remind him to eat and to nourish himself and to enjoy the food. I didn't mind giving him treats instead of dinner if he just wasn't going to eat his pellets or his grass or whatever. I'm like, whatever, as long as you want to eat something, that's cool. Uh, every day, you know, when I cleaned out and refreshed his water bowl. I put an amethyst in there to help him feel calm um, and at peace. I put uh, little rose quartz in his in his grass, uh, you know, just, just for some loving, comforting energy. There's a windowsill near where his little litter box and stuff is, and I decorated it with, um, with some goddesses that are associated with rabbits, some pictures from Ostara, um, and some more crystals, like a, like a big obsidian to banish negativity and to kind of start creating that connection with the other side. Um, and I lit candles there every day. <laughs> and I put up images of fairies. I have a little statue and I have some cards and stuff and I put those up. Because I always, I don't know, I just always imagine that, you know, fairies are like the angels that come for <laughs> animals when they die. You know, they're the little people with wings. And it's funny because in legend, some rabbits, you know, they accompany people to the other side or to the world of fae, you know, like uh, Alice in Wonderland. So I always thought, you know, they would, they would do it in reverse. <laughs> Um, I got a white candle, nice white candle, and I dressed it with oil for fairy magic and for comfort and, and peace. And, um, I dressed it with alfalfa and lavender, and basil, which he loved, and chamomile, and put in the intention that, um, anything that might keep him here longer and, you know, I didn't know if he was suffering and I didn't want him to. And if there was any chance that this was too difficult for him and that he was trying to hold on, you know, just to let that fall away, make him feel um, like it was okay to go. I feel so weird saying all this. <laughs> I feel so weird because I was like talking to an animal and people think that's odd, but I know it's not. It's just, uh, you know, I needed him to know that he would be fine and safe 
and that just like always, I was going to be there no matter what. On the day that he died, um, I'd woken up that morning knowing that this was it. This was our last day. It wasn't just me. She, my sister, she, she woke up in the morning and she was like, I don't think I want to go to work. I got, I've got a bad feeling about Jimmy. Um, so I canceled work. She didn't. She went to work. I didn't work that day. I spent the day with Jimmy. He was, he was sitting on my lap in a cushy blanket all day. And we hung out and gave him some treats and he was happy and, you know, he was slow and didn't move around a lot, but he was pretty normal. And I'd put him down for a little while just to, you know, get off my lap and sit on something that wasn't moving. And I was getting a snack and then all of a sudden I was like, okay, wait, I have to go pick him up right now. So I went, I carefully put him up on my lap on that blanket it was cool, you know, he cleaned his face a little bit, he snuggled up a little closer, and then he stopped, and he jumped up right into my arms, like landed right on my chest, and I held on to him, and he, he passed away about a minute later, maybe two, and later that night, when I went to bed, um, the candle that I had made for him to help him cross over or whatever, help him say goodbye. Burned down that night like it got to the end that night. <laughs> so perfect, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so, wow, this episode did not end up being any shorter than any other <laughs> chatty bitch. Um, so I'm obviously really sad. But I am super grateful for all the time that I had with Jimmy, all of it, even when it was difficult or even when I wasn't sure if he liked me, <laughs> even when he wouldn't let me hold him, even though he was so cute and so soft. Sorry, that's a kitten and she needs to chill. Um, <laughs> um, and I was really grateful that I had the chance to say goodbye and to really be there for him at the very end. And it felt just like that day at the park, you know? I made him feel safe. I was home. There are so many ways to give and receive love. Whether you're loving an animal or a person, <laughs> there are so many ways. Um, and being loved and trusted by an animal, especially one that is such a scaredy cat, like a like a rabbit or surly like a rabbit, um, is a really great reminder of the power of softness and patience. Lots of patience. <laughs> um, and just a little shift in perspective, right? And I I definitely feel a difference in the house now. I'm constantly, like, feeling like I need to burn sage or spraying the saltwater lavender spray that I have because energy feels weird. It, it feels still like it hasn't moved. I keep turning on fans, even though, like, there's no reason for me to have a fan on. I'm just like, 
something in here needs to move around. And I noticed that a lot of those spots are spots where, you know, Jimmy used to hang out. He used to crawl under the stuff near there and move all that energy around and kick his feet up and, you know, eat those plants. <laughs> eat those plants, you know, practically kill them. And I keep missing the smell of pine like I used in his cage. So I've been, I've been burning all this pine incense nonstop. Um... And I actually, like, I, I put some dried alfalfa, which I use for spells sometimes, into a little pouch. And I've just been like, I, ha- I hung it near my bed. And the smell is, is really, really comforting. Um, when I cleaned up the house, I put away his cage. You know, I didn't, I didn't want his litter box and stuff staying out forever. That's not a super fun memorial. You know, here's the box you pissed in. Um... But I, I cleaned out the spot and then it was just this big empty hole, you know, there was nothing there and I couldn't handle it. So I put this nice big lush house plant. It's a spider plant that's just exploding. You know, it's huge and then it's got all these spider plant babies growing off of it. And that that life energy, um, it made a really big difference. The room feels a lot better. You know, I was, I was having a hard time going into the living room and hanging out without him in there. But he would really like the plant. (laughs) You know, he loved all green plants. He would love this nice big plant right where he could munch on it. (laughs) So that makes me feel a lot better. Um, And these Easter uh, decorations featuring rabbits, those are never coming down. (laughs) You know, I used to be the girl that had Halloween decorations up all year round. And now I've got Easter decorations up all year round. It's all skeletons and bunnies up in here. It's so weird. Um... And something else weird is that all those plants that he really liked to eat, uh, especially my Christmas cactus, he loved the flowers and the, and the leaves, but he, he loved the flowers. And the jasmine, um, both were in bloom and have suddenly stopped. Jasmine has no more flowers. And that poor thing looks like it's going to die. And the Christmas cactus is still growing, but all, all the pink little flowers just fell off like a day later. I wonder if they miss them. <laughs> Super quiet in the house, too. I never thought a bunny made so much noise that I <laughs> that I enjoyed hearing or that I paid attention to, but man, is it is it quiet in here? It's really weird. I mean that kitten is very annoying and she helps. <laughs> so that's good. Um Yeah. So rabbit energy is you know, it's silly. (laughs) It's silly and it's super soft and, um, surprising. You never know what they're going to do. Um, it's very joyful and chill, but there's definitely this air of resilience and vigilance, right? And strength. They're, bunnies are strong and tough, territorial. He was, he protected me, even though, you know, he's definitely the prey in this house. And some of those times he was thumping at cats, not just, you know, invisible things, but cats. And those cats really could have hurt him and probably wouldn't have hurt me. But, you know, he got between us and he thumped his feet and he made himself, you know, this alpha animal. (laughs) He he created this illusion of incredible strength and size because he has these massive ass feet, right? Super loud. That thumping is wild. It can wake you up in the dead of night. Um, (laughs) So that energy that rabbits have, um, 
I still really feel connected to that, that soft, um, but not willing to fuck myself over vibe that rabbits have. I still really super relate to that. And, um, yeah, I'll probably always love rabbits. <laughs> probably always. I'm definitely going to get myself another one, just not for a while. Not until I find one, you know, we got to connect. We got to be friends. And in a lot of places, rabbits are a symbol of good luck. And it's no wonder. I've always felt so lucky. To have earned, you know, the love and the, the trust of my little bunny friend. Always. And I really hope <laughs> through this surprisingly long uh, teary episode that Jimmy Hoppa has kind of shown you why, you know, all of that is really special. Like I said, if you want to learn some of the practical rabbit magic stuff, like if you have a rabbit, also if you want to share pictures of your rabbit with me, oh my God, that's cool. <laughs> you totally tag me in that. That's fine. Um, but if you want to learn some of that practical stuff about applying rabbit energy to your magical practice or working with your own rabbit, if you want to see Jimmy and all of his grumpy, fluffy glory, you know, biting me and <laughs> causing a scene, um, I'll put a link to the Seeker's Corner episode in the description and Make sure that you guys can find it if you ever want to see it. So thank you for listening to me talk about my best friend. I genuinely did not expect this to go on so long. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm probably not going to do a whole lot of editing because it would just be me you know, canceling out all of this. <laughs> I'd be trying to make my sound, myself sound less weepy and that's just not going to happen. I'd be taking out half the episode. Um, so thanks. Um, I miss him so much. But, man, that time together, that will no doubt continue to infuse my life with magic for years, years to come. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Next week, there won't be a podcast episode or a Seeker's Corner episode. Um, I guess, you know, I'm still catching up. But if you check the events on my Facebook page, you can see everything that I've got coming up in the future. As I said, thank you for listening. And, you know, hug all of your friends, human or animal, and just let them know how much you love them. 